We're back, Liz and Guru. We're back for the final division of Fantasy Impact, the NFC West. How you doing there, Guru? I'm doing great. Not a boring division. Very, very interesting division. So excited to get this. No, uh, not, a, not a boring division. And there was a lot of traffic back and forth on uh, regarding some of these teams in this division. Let's get right after it. Let's start with the defending NFC champions, the San Francisco 49ers. They had a lot of activity. They were certainly active on draft day with trades. Uh, they made a trade to get Trent Williams. Um, they picked some skill position players. They traded Breeder. So a lot of stuff going on with the Niners. Let's talk about trades, off-season stuff, what they did at the draft, how that all impacts the upcoming fantasy year in terms of the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, so an unusual position for the team that's defending champion uh, in the division uh, to come back with uh, two first-round picks, which is what they had. DeForest Buckner, Buckner was traded away with their first draft pick. They, they drafted Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina. We actually both thought he'd go a little bit earlier to Jacksonville. Um, but look, that's the replacement right there. And uh, with their second pick, they actually traded some draft capital that they had in the second, third, and fourth rounds, and they moved up to get Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. Let's 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 hope he can contribute to this offense because this offense offense is going to need a little bit more dynamism in it. They they lost Emmanuel Sanders who who was very helpful when he was traded over last year. Um, you know Debo Samuel, I think he's going to become a bigger focal point. He was a focal point last year, but he's going to step up even further. We know they have an elite elite tight end in George Kittle. So you know I think I think the path to touches in this in this. Um, Backfield clear up a little bit when Breida disappears. Um, you know, basically it looks like it's going to be Mostert and Coleman. You know, we know that McKinnon is still there. He's not been able to play a down for this team in two years. And I think they have two interesting players coming, one one coming back and one who they drafted. You know, Jalen Hurd from, uh, from Baylor. Uh, he played at Tennessee as a running back, converted to a wide receiver, got hurt after a big preseason opener. Uh, never was able to get back on the field, so I'll be interested to see how they use that player. And with their last draft pick, they took from Tennessee the wide receiver, Juwan Jennings. Bigger, more physical guy. Look, this team went running during the postseason. It almost got them a Super Bowl championship. They ran out of runway. Um, Garoppolo played very well at times, but you know I'd like to see a little bit more... Uh, I would say a little bit more efficiency and a little bit more big play action from this San Francisco 49er offense. Well, what's interesting is, you know, some of the, let's, let's start with wide receivers. So the, the 49ers have some interesting players at that position. Um, you know, Debo Samuel, I guess, is kind of entrenched as the number one guy. They drafted Brandon Ayuk and, and, and Jennings, who, who I like a lot. Uh, Kendrick Bourne it was an interesting player. He, he played well for them in the stretch. You had Dante Pettis as one of your sleepers from last year. Uh, I that was a big he, donut. He, did absolutely, he was absolutely atrocious. Uh, I don't know. He completely lost his confidence. Uh, Hurd is an interesting player. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. But certainly interesting players at the skill position. Uh, to see if Ayuk 
you know, gets in and, and kind of like fills the role of Sanders and become that number two guy, or Jennings could leapfrog him. Um, you know, they, they, they traded Breida. So what do you think the, the situation is going to be there at running back? Do you think they're going to hand the keys to the kingdom over the Mostert and he's going to be clearly the workhorse guy and the other guys will be you sparingly? Just give me a quick analysis of, of the running back situation, do you think, Niners next year? Right, so first off, their blocking scheme is, is phenomenal. Kyle Juszczyk and, and, and George Kittle as a blocker, they're, they're really tremendous. They also have a solid offensive line, and as you mentioned, Trent Williams. So this team does want to use their running backs. And, and when Shanahan was with um, Atlanta before, you know, they really used both of those running backs a lot when it was Coleman and, and Devonta Freeman. So I think it's going to be game dependent. And if we look at the playoffs, right, Kevin Coleman had one monster game and Mostert had a monster game. So I, I think that'll play off one another. You know, certainly the better player towards the end of the season last year was Mostert. It's, it's a truly amazing story. You should read up on it. You know, what he accomplished, you know, basically a journeyman most of his career and to step up into a more prominent role. Very, 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 very special story there. But Coleman is still a talented player. Like I said, he had almost, I think he did have 200 yards in a playoff game last year. So I, my lean is Mostert to start. But I think this is going to be a two-headed monster. I have no faith at all in, in the McKinnon story. That's that. That I will say. All righty, uh, let's move along to a team that you know you are super high on. Uh, Cardinals made a big splash early on by getting Hopkins. Uh, you are electrified about the uh, about Kyler Murray for this year. Uh, they took Josh Jones. Uh, they got him uh, much, you know, I, I didn't think he was going to last that long, so I'm sure they were thrilled with getting Josh Jones where they did. Uh, they drafted Eno Benjamin to kind of be in that Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, Eno Benjamin now, three-headed monster, so you could give – some thoughts on Murray to Hopkins, what that's going to look like, and then you, your analysis on uh, those three running backs. So, so I want to be, I want to be super cautious because I don't want to step into the trap that a lot of people did last year with the Cleveland Browns, and we know how that ended up. But I think Kyler Murray was was fairly consistent as as a rookie quarterback. He won the rookie offensive player of the year. I, I think it was the first year for both him um, and Kingsbury together, and and certainly. This is a player that should take the next step up. And it's hard, you know, with a, with a guy like Hopkins, who they gave up a number two pick for, steps in as a one guy. Larry Fitz is still there. Um, they drafted a bunch of guys the year before. Christian Kirk is a solid receiver. And they still have Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson, Hakeem Butler, who never saw the field last year. This team will not be in 12 personnel very frequently. That's for sure. They're going to be, there's going to be four wide. I think they got a big break on, on the offensive line side of this because we both thought that at eight that they were going to look at offensive linemen because it's a trending thing to protect your key offensive players. Um, they didn't go that route, and, and a guy who we thought would potentially go at the end of round one ended up being around at pick number 72, and that's Josh Jones from, from Houston. So they get a big break there. They get a dynamic defensive player in, in Isaiah Simmons. So I am very, very excited for this offense in, in a second year. The running back, Kenyon Drake, won a lot of people their fantasy playoffs. He was tremendous during the playoffs. He's going to be the main guy. Um, Edmonds, Chase Edmonds, uh, will come back stronger. Kid from Fordham, you know, really interesting player. And I think Benjamin will add that dimension as a, as a pass catcher out of the backfield. You know, local went to Arizona State, so local product, it's known. I'm excited about this offense without a doubt, though. 
Yeah, I think the big difference regarding uh, the difference between the Cardinals and the Cleveland Browns from last year is the current Cardinals head coach, Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, actually is a creative, offensive-minded coach and knows what he's doing. Well, the Browns head coach last year, Freddie Kitchens, probably would throw the ball in fourth and inches if he had Jim Brown in his backfield. Forget about having Nick Chubb. So uh, certainly people were high on the Browns last year, but uh, it was a combination of horrendous coaching and some poor personnel choices as well. Expect more from Arizona. I know you're super high on the quarterback and some of their offensive players, and we'll, we'll see how that uh, we'll see how that transpires. Let's move along to the to the Rams, another team that has done some interesting things. Uh, they traded Cooks. They got a draft pick with the exact draft pick they got. They took another receiver in Van Jefferson. Um, they added a running back in Cam Akers. Uh, first, people thought they were going to go with the, the you know, the Henderson-Brown combination, but now Akers in the mix. Uh, the two-headed monster, Tyler Higby, looked amazing the last five, six games of the, se- five games of the season last year. Josh Reynolds and, and Van Jefferson may, may battle that out for that third spot. Give us some, uh, some thoughts and overall situation on what the Rams did there. Uh, off-season signings, draft, and how that relates to fantasy impact of this season. Well, I don't think this is a team that's recovered from their Super Bowl loss either. I think a lot of people have caught up with the Sean McVay story uh, on the offensive side. I, I know sometimes I feel he's coaching scared. Granted, I think he's got an offensive line that has been really poor. They played a little bit better in the second half of the season, but I think that's because their play, uh, their game scheme changed a lot. Um, so they got more conservative and they, you know, were playing two tight ends a lot. I was surprised they drafted a third tight end in Bryson Hopkins from Purdue. Um, but they went, they went offense with their first two pick. Cam Akers is coming in. They have Malcolm Brown left and they have Daryl Henderson who they drafted last year. Not, uh, Malcolm Brown got hurt. Daryl Hen- Henderson really didn't show us too much uh, in limited time. So Akers is a player who did not play with a lot of talent around him at Florida State, but hopefully he can step into a situation where he becomes a uh, fill-in and a more prominent role uh, for the departing uh, Todd Gurley. So... Look, I thought this team should have added offensive line help in this draft. They didn't do that. Uh, They have very credible receivers. I like Robert Woods a lot. Cooper Cup is a little bit of a mysterious guy. He was the number one receiver in fantasy for the first eight weeks of last year. 500-yard games, 58 catches, and he did a Houdini in the second half of the year, as we know. He caught 35 balls in his last eight games. And I think you mentioned it before, you know, his time spent on the field was a little weird. So I don't think that can happen for this team to have success. And I know your head coach at Minnesota, Zimmer, uh, Mike Zimmer, really talked about Cooper Cup as being the most difficult matchup for that for that defense. And I think Sean, Sean McVay needs to realize what he has there in the player. As you mentioned, Reynolds was a great fourth receiver to have, and he's got to step into that three role. And, you know, perhaps they get some some help from Van Jefferson, the son of former NFL receiver Sean Jefferson. So this line's got to be play, play better. And I think, lastly, the quarterback's got to play better. They, they sunk a lot of money. There were too many balls thrown behind people last year. So I am a little squeamish still especially after owning him in a couple of leagues last year. It was not a very appetizing season to own Jared Goff. Well, what I find interesting when I look at draft picks and and how they were drafted, where they were drafted, and who they were drafted by is intent. And the Rams certainly 
um, could have went a lot of different directions, as you mentioned in, in his draft, uh, especially with their early picks. And, you know, you always hear the talk, you know, it's always nonsense and smoke and these coaches, these head coaches always, well, not always, but a lot of times they're disingenuous and you're hearing, oh, we love the combination of Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. And on paper, it looks like a nice one-two punch. And then what do they go do? They take Cam Akers, who I think is an interesting player. And I'm looking at the intent and I'm wondering if they are so happy with those two guys, why would take this player where is he going to be on the depth chart he's an interesting guy can do a lot of things one of these great athletes who was actually a high school quarterback uh can catch the ball really well out of the backfield is a is a more than willing blocker he'll be good in pass protection probably better than the two existing guys that they have on the on the roster uh and then, the, and then the battle between Van Jefferson and Josh Reynolds. Uh, and then there the, the seems to be interesting battles at every skill position. His Higby clearly moved into that number one spot of tight end. I think he has. We'll have to see how it plays out. But you you, you want to see you want to see that happen though, right? Back and forth, yeah, going back and forth with the Rams. Go. What you want to add there? I said you really want to see that happen. You uh, you have him in a dynasty league, and uh, he was a beast. Higby, at the minimum price in a dynasty league. He was doing his uh, Gronk impersonation in the last six games of the year. I'm hoping that carries over. Um, we'll see. Uh, I've seen a bunch of early season rankings, and he's listed somewhere between 6 and 10 as far as tight ends. I think that's about right. But we'll, we'll have to see. But as you mentioned, uh, a lot of interesting things going on, and uh, we're going to have to see how it plays out with the Rams this year. But that's one team that you really have to keep an eye on to see if the young players are going to contribute and to what um, level they're going to contribute, and uh, it may be prominent in uh, in some in some situations. Can I and, can uh, I ask yeah. you is uh, on Goff on Goff personally? Do do you think it was more of a byproduct of just a breakdown on that line, or are you nervous about the player? I'm not really nervous about Goff. I thought, and I've been saying this that you know. The 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 Rams. It seems like teams caught up to the Rams, and then it took them for a while to you know adjust to other teams catching up, and um, they they decided to really do everything off that two tight end offense, the short passing game with both those tight ends. Higby was was really used much more in the last five six games a year than he had been previously to that by by a large margin. I'm okay with Goff. I think the system is right what they did the second half of last year and um yeah i think i think those shootout rams and 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 the greatest show on 12 comparisons to those old rams teams uh, are are not what we're going to see i think we're going to see more of a balanced short passing game two tight end offense which is uh probably in at the end of the day suit jared goff well because his mobility and getting out of the pocket's not great and you don't want him being a sitting duck with a below average offensive line so we'll, we'll see how it's how it plays out but certainly a bunch of interesting skill position uh guys on the rams offense and then and then we got last but not least the seahawks who did little to nothing uh as far as their offense goes you know when it comes to pete carroll 
he's probably one of the worst when it comes to being honest and transparent with these injuries. You know, you hear, yeah, both Carson and, uh, you know, both, both running backs and, you know, they, they had a few guys that got hurt last year, and you know they're all they're all well. Then what do you see them do? Well, they took with their one of their fourth round picks are running back, and and it just come across the wire that guess who the Seahawks are in talks with signing Marshawn Lynch. So you're not quite sure they didn't do too much. So talk about the injuries and how do you think it's going to play out? Fantasy impact for the Seahawks. Yeah, so I. I didn't like this draft at all. I thought they could have added some definite more power to this offense, which they really didn't. It was kind of weird that they drafted another tight end. They Actually, they drafted two tight ends, if you look at both Colby Parkinson at Stanford and Stephen Sullivan uh, from LSU. But I think they have like six six tight ends on this roster. Um, Greg Olson was signed. Uh, Will Disley um, is going to be coming back from a pretty horrific Achilles injury. Jacob Hollister had a couple of nice games for them last year. But the tight end's an important position, so that'll that that will be something that you're going to keep an eye on in terms of you know who's going to be the beneficiary there of Russell Wilson's attention. And you know nobody's more consistent than Russell Wilson. Amazing fantasy player. A lot of times, I think actually goes under the radar as, as, a, as a top five guy almost every year. And that's the way he should be drafted. And as you mentioned, you know, look, they lost both of their running backs late in the season. Uh, you know, Penny's going to start the season on the pup list. Uh, hopefully Carson is back because he did have a very effective season. They have two kids from, uh, from the U and Travis Homer, who they drafted last year. And, and, and this past year, they went with um, DJ Dallas. So, you know, I, I love the way Metcalf came on as the season went on. I expect his role to become more prominent. They signed Philip Dorsett, you know, so he could be an admirable three guy. And Tyler Lockett, who had an amazing start to the season. But again, one of these players, he got hurt. And he looked like he was being used as more of a decoy in the second half of the season. This guy was on his way to some big numbers. You know, I owned uh, him in a couple of leagues. And I, in a couple of leagues, I was actually pairing him up with Wilson. And I was loving life for the first half of the season. And then the second half of the season, that 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 ran out of steam. So, you know, that's my assessment here. They've, they've got to hope that, that they want to run the football. So they got to hope somebody's effective and healthy there to do so. Yeah, Russell Wilson just keeps on rolling. Uh, you know, all of these, you know, at some point, you know, he, Doug Baldwin goes down, Russ Wilson won't be the same guy, and Tyler Lockett and their running backs got hurt, but just seems nothing phases him. And uh, he he just, like you said, is is rock solid. Uh, you know, just count on the guy. But we'll, we'll see how it how it works out. We'll see about the, you know, the, 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 the injury status of these guys. Rashad Penny had that late gruesome injury. Uh, I think there was talks that he is going to maybe or most likely start the season on the pup list. Maybe me missing the first six games, uh, so we'll see. We'll see if you know. Keep an eye on the Marshawn Lynch if that if that comes to fruition and he signs. But uh, yeah, otherwise than that, um, you know, Greg Olson may have something to prove this year. They drafted two young tight ends, like you mentioned, Parkinson and, and Sullivan. Great guys to learn from in that tight end room uh, with with Olson there, and uh, and I, I think uh, he could mentor those those two young kids uh, if they make the roster or one ends up on the practice squad but we'll see how it play, plays out as far as the Seahawks go uh, interesting division and uh, yeah that's I guess that's a wrap as far as the NFC is uh, 
concerned. And tomorrow we're going to do the AFC and we're going to do it division by division by division by division. And um, we have a huge Miami Dolphins fan, Eric Brown, and uh, I'm sure he'll be literally, you know, exciting. Uh, he'll be excitingly waiting for us to hear what we have to say about that. All righty, Wiz. Thanks very much. Lots of fun again. We'll speak tomorrow. You take care.